Listen to my other podcast, Love and Abuse, if you want to create the healthiest, long-lasting relationship possible. Yes, it's possible. <laughs> I'm serious, it is. But both people have to work toward that possibility, not just one. Learn more over at loveandabuse.com. Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hey, this is Paul Coliani, and I'm here to help you learn to deal with difficult people and tackle life's challenges without compromising who you are. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. If uh, I sound a bit stuffy, I am. I'm getting over something, but uh, bear with me. The show goes on. <laughs> I promise I'm going to do my best to get through this. So let's get into today's topic, which is um, a, a challenging one. Person wrote, I need some advice on how to navigate setting boundaries with difficult situations. For the past year, my mom has been on and off with her boyfriend and she would date other, another man and then be back with her boyfriend. And then uh, it happened several times over a, a couple months and then they'd break up and he'd act crazy and he'd do all kinds of things like blackmail or fake his own suicide, harass her. And those are just the highlights. Then they got married. After two weeks of being married, she went back to the other guy and then started the divorce procedures. And then a month later, she's back with her now husband. <laughs> okay. She has a daughter and she told her mom that he is not allowed to be around her ever. And my mom does not understand how I can say forever. It's put a bit of a strain between us and I hate it. How can I navigate this without feeling guilty? She doesn't understand how unhealthy this is and it makes me sad, but my daughter comes first. Help. Wow, thank you for sharing that. That is a very difficult situation because what your mom is saying that is she wants to be able to visit her granddaughter with her husband. It's a tough situation because you want to be able to have some sort of bond there between your mom and your daughter. And uh, it's difficult to do because you know that your mom's going to show up with her husband. So the first place I go with this, and I'm not saying I'm right about any about what I'm going to say, but the first place I go with this is probably just wait and your mom might end up, this is terrible, I'm going to say it, probably just wait and your mom might end up uh, not with this person again. It's not fair of me to say that. It's almost judgy. It's almost saying like, well, don't you trust her mom? And how can you say that about this situation? Maybe they went through their hardships. Maybe they went through their struggles and they're okay now. That's quite possible. Everything could be okay now and your mom could be now happy and everything's great. But it doesn't sound like, doesn't sound like your mom is making the best decisions for herself. At the same time, I understand that sometimes we go through a lot of struggles and we're trying to figure out what works in our life and who works for us, who works for us in our lives. And we all deserve to have an opportunity to make up for our mistakes. We all deserve to not be judged for the decisions that we make and the people that we make those decisions with. So I don't want to put her under the microscope, even though she's gone through a lot with these, I guess, two people and the person that she's with now, she 
sounds like she plans on staying with this person, but I don't know because it's been very tumultuous. So we don't know. We don't know that situation. My first gut instinct is that, unfortunately, that relationship doesn't sound like it's going to last, or if it does, it'll be very tumultuous. I can't think of another word. Volatile would be a good word for that. But again, I could be completely wrong. Maybe they had to go through their struggles and he's learned a lot and she's learned a lot and now they're in a different situation. So I don't know exactly how to perceive that without sounding judgmental or critical of her choices because, I mean, look at our own past. We've made our own choices and other people have looked at us saying, you're crazy or you're stupid or that is just not healthy for you. And uh, then we went through our own trials. We went through our own challenges. So it's very difficult to look at somebody else's life and say, you're wrong. You're doing things wrong. It's unhealthy. It's toxic. I shouldn't say it's difficult. It's actually easy. <laughs> it's, it's easy to look at somebody else's life and say all that stuff. But it's very difficult to understand all the nuances and everything involved from an outsider's perspective. Yes. My, personally, I look at this and I say, wow, I don't see that lasting because back and forth, back and forth. And they were married for two weeks and then she's starting the divorce. I mean, there's just so much going on there. And it's clear that maybe uh, she hasn't stopped to think about everything she wants in her life, what she values in a relationship and just stopped, you know, stopped dating, stopped with the communication between both of them and just be with herself Maybe talk to someone, maybe not, but just reflect on these things so that she can understand what she really wants in a relationship so that when somebody shows up and doesn't give her what she wants, she can say, this isn't what I want, and then stick with it. So she might have an, a challenge. She might have a challenge sticking with her decisions or not understanding her needs or loving people even if they're toxic. I mean, there's all kinds of variables here, but on the outset, when we look at this from the outside, an outside perspective, we can see that she's probably making a lot of unhealthy choices, just like you said. You don't like her choices. You don't trust the choices that she's making. So we have this part of the equation where we can see somebody making choices that we don't like, that we know are unhealthy for them, and possibly even toxic, or definitely toxic, we can look at somebody's life and see where it's going and make an assessment from there. It's not judgmental, it's just an assessment. Hey, this is what the past has brought and this is what the future will bring. This is how I view what's happening. So I can understand how you might not be too uh, comfortable having this person around not only for the fact that they go back and forth and they're in and out of the relationship, but from the what sounds like obsessive, I almost said psychotic, but it's not necessarily, but it could be obsessive and it could be psychotic, hopefully not, but the obsessive behaviors that he has shown when uh, they were breaking up or starting the divorce or whatever. Those are very obsessive behaviors that uh, when somebody just wants somebody else in their life and they can't have them, they might go to the point where they follow them and they 
manipulate by faking a suicide, like you said, and harassing her and all this other stuff. There are times in my life where I've become obsessive, not like that, <laughs> but there are times where I have been obsessed after a breakup and have done stupid things, but I healed and I never did those things again. And so I moved forward a bit healthier. So there is that possibility. Maybe it's a tiny possibility, maybe not, but there is the possibility that he went through that phase and now he's over it. I mean, it's too soon to tell from the timeline that you're giving me. It's way too soon to tell and maybe way too soon for him to just have this revelation and realize, oh, I was being obsessive and now I'm healthier or at least I'm working on that. It's too soon to tell if he's going to do that again and so on. We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, this is really just up in the air where we come back to you and you have a child and you don't want your child exposed to this person. Completely understandable. I totally get it. You know, if I was in your shoes and I had a child and I saw this guy in my mom's life, I would be concerned as well. I wouldn't want somebody that volatile in my child's life. And so we get to the question of, well, I don't want my mom bringing over her new husband or whatever he is to be in my child's life either because he sounds dangerous or he could flip his lid or change in a moment's notice. I don't know. It's a very challenging position to be in because maybe you do want your mom in your child's life and maybe your child wants your mom in their life and maybe the child's not old enough to realize what that means or what kind of bond that is right yet, but there is that. There is the, the idea of family being in a child's life, but family comes with baggage. In your case, your family, it sounds like comes with baggage. So this is a very personal choice. And I, I know you're not asking if I should make the choice. You're asking, how do I get past the guilt of making the choice? She doesn't understand how unhealthy this is and it makes me sad, but my daughter comes first. First of all, thank you for doing this, for protecting your child from what you see as a threat of some sort. You see the threat and you are really drawing the line and saying, no, I can't expose my daughter to this threat. You asked, how do I honor my boundaries without feeling guilty you have to remember that honoring your boundaries is to protect and not to put somebody down or make somebody feel bad. It's not about them at all. It's about protecting. It's about protecting yourself, protecting your children. It's about honoring yourself and honoring your children, not hurting someone else. It's not about hurting them. That doesn't mean the guilt's going to go away because it does affect other people. When I say it doesn't have anything to do with them, of course it has something to do with them, but it's not about them, even though it is. <laughs> it is about them in the sense that they can be harmful, or at least one of those people can be harmful. And so in order to make sure that you or your child are not harmed, you have to do something to prevent that from happening. And that means protecting yourself. And people who love you want you to protect yourself and they want you to protect your children. There are people in our life, however, that don't necessarily make the best decisions for themselves, and we can see them as possibly detrimental, or definitely detrimental to 
the people we love or ourselves. So we choose not to have them in our life. And when we do that, yes, they will feel affected. And in fact, the more toxic they are or however you want to see it, the more dysfunctional they are, the more likely they'll be offended by you honoring yourself. And so with that in mind, there's not much you can do when you have to protect you and those you love from the people that uh, want to bring possible harm to your life. And I know it's not your mom's intention, and maybe that's where the guilt comes in. It's not your mom's intention to bring harm to your child's life. But your mom has made decisions that you don't agree with, and she wants to bring a volatile person into your child's life, or at least a, a person who's been volatile in the past, and you don't want that. You want your child growing up in a somewhat healthy, non-dysfunctional way without those people that could harm or influence her. So again, we come full circle. We're back to feeling guilty about honoring ourselves when we have family involved. And this is a very difficult situation, like I said. So my first inclination was just to say, wait, <laughs> wait and see what happens because Maybe they'll break up again. Maybe something will happen along those lines. That may not happen, though. What if they stay together and things work out or they don't, but they stay together anyway? What do you do then? This is where I look at a relationship where you have a parent and a child and the parent is acting like a child, so the child has to act like a parent. And this is exactly your situation. Your mom, at least from... The story you've given me is making decisions that aren't necessarily, again, I might be wrong, but from your perspective, they, they aren't necessarily a, a responsible decision. She goes back and forth, and then she's married, then she's divorcing, and then she's going back and forth. And it's probably very confusing for her too, because if she is on this roller coaster, then she may have a lot of challenges in her own life that she hasn't been able to heal from. And again, I don't want to sound judgmental because we've all had challenges in our life that somebody else might look at and say, whoa, you're crazy or you're just making these stupid decisions or, you know, whatever. They're, they're just looking at us in a judgmental way when we believe we know what we're doing. So your mom may believe she knows what she's doing. And who knows, maybe she's in love with both of them and it's just a crazy triangle that's happening there. I don't know. But all I have is your perspective. And your perspective is there's a wild card here, a wild variable that you don't trust. And you don't want that variable. You don't want that person near your daughter. And so, as I was saying, you have to become the parent. And the child in this case is not necessarily your own child that you're protecting, but the child that I'm talking about when it comes to parenting somebody is your mom. So when you are in mom mode, when you are in parent mode, you look at the child and say, look, you're making some decisions that uh, aren't necessarily healthy for you. I know you can't see it now, or maybe you can, but you think everything is great the way it is now. But I look at this and see some challenges. I see some problems. And until you sort those out, this is what I need to do for me. This might be a hard conversation if you choose to have it. 
to have with your mom, who's been your mom all your life, to then become the parent and say, I don't agree with your decisions and I hope you are able to get things straight and figure out who you want in your life and just settle down or maybe you don't know what you want and you still need to work that stuff out. But until you do, this is my decision to protect my daughter. Now, I don't know if that means that you're going to prevent her by herself from seeing your daughter or you are just preventing them coming over together or you going over there and exposing your daughter to this wild card that we don't know what's going to happen. So that's going to be something that you have to figure out or maybe you already did. But this is the second part of my answer is that you become the parent to your mom and you say, this is what I need to do. And I don't agree with your decisions. And until, you know, things settle down and I can see that you're on a better path, then I can start to trust that maybe things will be okay. And then maybe there'll be an opportunity for all of us to get together. And this is your choice. I mean, I'm talking back to you, the person who wrote the message. This is your choice to make it. You may not ever want your daughter exposed to this person. And maybe for good reason. Maybe this person really is dangerous for your child. Maybe he's dangerous for your mom. And your mom is making decisions to be with people that may or may not be dangerous for her. But your child is the most important. Your child deserves protection. And you have to become the parent to the person who doesn't understand your decisions. Your mom may not understand your decisions, which means, I don't really like this term, but sometimes uh, my partner Asha says that to me. <laughs> she says, put your big boy pants on because this is an adult decision. I mean, I don't think she's ever said that to me. She might've said that to somebody else, but I've heard this phrase come out of her mouth. And I think it's a good phrase for certain people that need to hear it. Because some people don't deal with their situation in an adult manner. And again, I'm not saying that your mom isn't making choices that she believes are right for her, because I, I do think she is making choices that she believes are right for her, because she's making the choices. We usually don't make choices that we believe are wrong for us. There's something deep down inside of us that says, this is what I want. And this is what I want to do. And this is right for me. This is the right thing to do. Though even when we tell ourselves, oh, this is so wrong, but we still do it. It's because something deeper is saying, well, this is what I want. And this is going to be for the better. So we make that decision. And that's what your mom is doing. She's making decisions that she believes are right for her. And so we can look at that and say, I know you're making decisions that you believe are best, but right now, those decisions are not in alignment with how I want to raise my daughter. That could be your conversation. And it is challenging to do that to somebody who has raised you. You becoming a parent to your mom, it's a reversal of roles that can be difficult. But the big picture uh, the bigger purpose is your child. And you've taken that step. I'm not even saying that you haven't taken that step. You actually have taken that step, but now you're fighting with the guilt. So what 
prevent you from feeling guilty. You can't. There's, there's, there's not going to be a way to prevent yourself from feeling guilty. How's that for advice? <laughs> it's not the best advice, but this is what happens to compassionate people. We feel guilty for making the right decisions. We feel guilty because we know somebody is not going to appreciate the decisions that we make. So we feel guilty knowing that they will feel hurt, that they will be offended, that they will feel left out. And that's tough. It's very tough to get past guilt. But this is what I believe needs to happen, and I do it in my own life, is I have to see that the bigger purpose is more important than somebody else's hurt. The bigger purpose in this case is protecting your child from what seems to be very volatile right now. It could change. It could change. He could heal. He could figure it out and think, I shouldn't have done those things. I'm so sorry I did those things. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to reflect on that. I'm going to get help. That could happen. His life could change and your mom's life could change and they could be happy. It could happen in six months. It could happen in six years. You don't know, but you know what you know right now. And it seems very soon for you to just accept, and this is, I believe, your perception, accept that everything's going to be okay now and he's going to be cool and going to be kind and have respect for your mom and respect for you and your daughter and allow him into your life. You don't feel that way at all. And I agree with you. It's not time. So you said you wanted him out of your daughter's life or not to be in your daughter's life forever. And this is what your mom has a problem with. And so this is probably the third part of my answer to you, which is to tell her instead of forever, just say not now. You may not want to do that. You may believe that it should be forever because you simply don't trust this person. And that may be the honest approach. But maybe the honesty is what is causing her this pain. Maybe the honesty is what makes her think that uh, if it's forever, then how can I ever have a, a relationship? You, there's like no hope in forever. This is a personal choice. I'm not saying that you should go back and lie and say, I will consider it or reconsider it some other day. I'm not saying you should do that because maybe you don't believe that at all. I am saying that maybe it would help the situation. Maybe it would alleviate some of your guilt. Maybe it would alleviate some of her suffering if you took out forever and just kind of go where I had you go before, which is becoming the parent and saying, I don't agree with your decisions right now, and maybe things will change, but I don't trust the person you're with, and I need to build a trust, and it could take a long time. It could take months. It could even take years. So, Mom, I won't say forever. So, you're right. I shouldn't have said forever, because things could change. So, I do want to say that I will reconsider it one day, but now is not the time. And I don't want you begging me or asking me if I've changed my mind, or I don't want you to ever do that. When I'm ready, I will let you know. It has to be on my terms. I have to feel comfortable. And right now I don't feel comfortable. And I need you to be okay with that. 
And your mom might say, I'm not okay with that. I want to see my daughter. And again, this might be a personal choice. She can see her on her own if you want that to happen, but not with her husband or whatever he is. Again, (laughs) that's a challenging situation because there are people in our life that we love, that we want in our life, but then they meet somebody and they hang out with that person. We don't like them at all, the, the person they're hanging out with. What? What do we do now? They used to come to our get-togethers, and now I don't want them to bring so-and-so. I don't want them to bring this other person to my house because I don't like this other person. They have different views. They have different values. They talk crazy politics that I disagree with. I don't want that person near me. I understand. (laughs) Uh, My partner and I had a conversation like that not too long ago. What do you do when there are people in your life that you love, but you're not too crazy about the person that they hang out with or they're a partner with? We had a great conversation. (laughs) We had a great conversation about that. And it's helpful to talk that stuff out because you know what's going to happen in the future. You'll eventually see that other person that you don't like. You know what's really good for your soul? Sleep. In fact, today's sponsor is Soul. Soul's best-selling sleep aid is called Sleepy, with an I at the end. It has helped over 6,000 people fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer, and wake up feeling refreshed. A few years ago, I had reservations about CBD products, and now that I've tried a few, I am a full believer in their healing and calming properties. Soul is setting the new standard in CBD products, Every batch undergoes multiple rounds of stringent third-party lab tests to ensure that their products have accurate dosages, plus no heavy metals, pesticides, or harmful bacteria. That's a big deal. Their sleepy product is jam-packed with the highest quality ingredients, and it really is a delicious snack. Right before bed, they have blueberry lemonade, raspberry lemonade, and honey chamomile. So stop choking down other products in the name of health. This year, I've committed to my health, and my fiance says that uh, I need sleep so she can sleep too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's time to feel like you again with soul head to get soul.com that's get s o u l.com forward slash brain and use the code word brain for 20% off your order that's 20% off your order using code brain one more time get soul.com forward slash brain use the code brain for 20% off You're going to eventually connect, see, talk with that other person. So there might have to be some sort of compromise in your life. I'm not talking about with your daughter. I'm just talking about with yourself. There might be some sort of compromise or just a meeting in the middle where you can be okay enough to be able to communicate with this person and not have all the same feelings that you have right now in the sense that maybe you can see it as, hey, if he makes mom happy, then that's all I need. Again, you might think this person is dangerous and he might be. And that's very tough because your mom is making decisions for herself that might put her in more danger. 
from what you described, his obsessive behaviors, I mean, obsessive behaviors do lead to dangerous behaviors. Not always, but they can and they do. Obsession usually drives people to do things that uh, most people wouldn't unless they're obsessed. So hopefully he has calmed down and the relationship can settle in and things can get better. And then you can at least have a civil conversation with him about him or not. I mean, maybe you don't want him in your life at all. And if that's the case, then what happens? You end up also keeping your mom out of your life as well, because I have a feeling that where she goes, he goes. It's the full package. It's me and him, not just me. For example, if somebody asked me, hey, Paul, uh, you want to come over to my house, but don't bring Asha. <laughs> I would ask, why? Is there something going on? Are you planning a surprise party for her? And if they said, no, I don't like her and I think she's dangerous, I'd say, um, then I'm not coming over because if you don't feel that way about her, I can't be with somebody who feels that way about my partner whom I'm going to marry and spend the rest of my life with and I love. And if we're not all on the same page, then perhaps this won't work out. Our friendship won't work out. And if you can't get past your feelings about her, then I don't want to spend time with you. I'm just giving you another side to this is that it can be very difficult for somebody with a partner that somebody else doesn't like to then live their life and try to connect with you even though you don't like their partner. There are people I know where their partners aren't necessarily my favorite person. <laughs> but I have learned to be okay with it. I've learned to be okay with it. Now, they're not dangerous. If you see this person as dangerous, then you're doing everything right. You are. You're doing everything right by preventing your daughter exposure to a dangerous person. But if they're not dangerous and they're just a little loopy sometimes, again, it's a personal choice. And you do want to protect your daughter no matter what, because I don't know how he acts around children, but I do know he has, or at least in the past, has shown behaviors that could definitely be dangerous around anyone. So we have to keep that in mind. And you are. So congratulations. You're making all the right choices. And it's very difficult as a compassionate, kind person to not feel guilty about making the right choices for yourself. It's very difficult. I get it. I know where you are because I've had to do the same thing. There are people that I care about that I've had to make choices that, uh, yeah, made me feel a little bad, probably not guilty, but it made me feel bad to make that choice in front of this person for or to keep this person uh, at a little bit of a distance and um, move on with my life because I love this person. I care about them. But I also had to make decisions that protected me. And I made protecting myself, I made honoring myself more important than how they felt about it. And that was key for me. I had to become a responsible parent, metaphorically speaking. I had to take the responsible role and say, this is how it has to be. And I didn't treat them like a child, but I had to take the adult role and say, this is how it needs to be. Not only to protect myself, but to protect the relationship going forward. Because if I allow this to continue, then it will strain our relationship and it will make things worse. 
And so I've had to make choices before in the past with people that I care about that they did not like and they have conveyed that they didn't like it in so many words. And I stuck to my guns because I knew if the relationship continued along the path it was going to continue, that it would just put a strain on it and it would also make me feel uncomfortable every time I'm around them. I would rather just take care of it and tell them this is how it needs to be. I remember I I had a client that did that with his mom. My client said, Mom, this is how it needs to be. When you call, if you talk badly about my wife, I'm going to hang up. (laughs) And I said, good for you, man. This is great. I'm so glad you did that because you're setting the ground rules because some people don't know how to play nice. You are setting the ground rules in your life for your child. The person who wrote, you are setting those ground rules to protect yourself, to protect your child, to protect her upbringing so that you can bring her up in the most functional, most loving way possible without introducing these other elements. And don't take this the wrong way, but I'm very proud of you for doing that because it's very difficult to do. So I hope this helps. Uh, I don't know if I have the best answer for you. It is always difficult when there are people in your life that uh, you want to be in your life, but there are certain components in their life that you don't want in your life, so you have to make the best choice you can. Sometimes it's not easy, and it's very, very difficult sometimes. Again, thanks for writing, and I wish you the best. And thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain I want to thank our patrons this week. They are Anna, Sandra, Kurt, Christy, Adriana, Tammy, Deborah, Holly, and Brian, and Harriet. They are the financial backers of the show. They are the patrons that uh, like to give back. (laughs) Thank you so much for giving back. I appreciate all of you. And if you value the show like these patrons do, head over to moretob.com and you have options to do that over there. Thank you again, patrons. I am very grateful. And for a show on how to deal with uh, more difficult relationships, head over to loveandabuse.com where I get into the nitty gritty of trying to create the healthiest, most long-lasting relationship possible. And if you know you're the difficult one in the relationship, head over to healedbeing.com and that is where I offer a comprehensive program to help people that are hurting people they love stop hurting them. Yes, it sounds like an easy thing to do, just stop hurting them, but... For those that uh, have been doing it most of their lives, they may not know how to stop. And uh, I give them an opportunity to help them stop. Head over to HealedBeing.com if that's you. I do help both sides of people in a difficult relationship. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. Our final thoughts, I was thinking, how could you have a conversation with somebody that, um, let's just say, might be experiencing the Dunning-Kruger effect? That is when somebody overestimates their abilities. And I've heard it called, you're too stupid to realize how stupid you are. But I like to to say that in a nicer way. And that's the one I do. You're, You're overestimating your abilities and you don't know what you don't know. Therefore, you don't make decisions based on all the facts. You don't make decisions based on wisdom and knowledge. So what ends up happening is that you might make choices like this person's mom made over and over again. And again, I'm not putting her mom down. 
we all have our own challenges and we all have to go through our own decision making and learning and experiences. So she's learning. Hopefully she's learning and she'll figure it out. She'll figure out what she wants and maybe settle down with who she wants. The question I'm posing is, how do you get a message across to someone who doesn't know they don't know that they're making bad choices and their choices actually might be harmful? How do you get across to them? And the only way I can think of besides saying, hey, you're wrong, this is why, which a lot of people don't really listen to, I think it's important to ask them questions to allow them to come to the conclusion. For example, uh, this person can say, hey, mom, do you think this person is good for you? Do you think he is a good match for you? It's a simple starting question. And she might say, yes, I love him so much. And a follow-up question or several questions could be, does he make you happy? Do you get along? Have you planned any future goals with him? Are you going to buy a house or are you going to move somewhere? Do you feel loved and supported? What you're doing is you're helping her come to the conclusions that she may or may not already realize inside herself. And when you do that, it helps somebody really get to the truth of the matter inside themselves without having to hear it from someone else. So if you think this person is very bad for her, it's better that she get to that conclusion than you bring her to that conclusion. I mean, you can help her to any conclusion by asking her questions, but make them simple questions. Make them questions that sound like you are very interested in her life and her happiness. Because when you share these questions with her, she's going to have to go places inside of herself and realize her own truths if she's been avoiding them or trying not to think about them. It's important that she gets to her own truths. I mean, she could say, I'm so happy now. I am the happiest I've ever been. But you won't know until you ask those questions. And she may need to hear herself say what she's going to say when you ask these questions. She may need to hear it from her own voice. Because it's a lot better that she hears it from herself than hear it from you. So she might say, well, I, I don't know if this is going to work out. It's better that she hears it from herself because it has more credibility. It also empowers her to make decisions based on what she knows. Sometimes people don't rely on what they know or what they believe. Sometimes they just want to feel connected or loved or happy and they believe this is the only way to do it. So they don't introduce negative thoughts and they might not think about the bad stuff and only think about the good stuff they can extract from the situation they're in. So ask questions. Help her come to those conclusions. If she truly is happy, you're going to hear it. You're going to be able to tell how she answers. There'll be no weird hesitations or, well, you know, uh, you know, he's okay. <laughs> I remember asking my sister a long time ago when we were teenagers. I said, well, how do you get along with your boyfriend? And she said, well, you know, it's okay. You know, you just get used to each other. <laughs> I thought, wow, I don't want a relationship like that. I want a relationship where I can say, oh, I love her very much. I love being with her. We have a great time together. So when I heard that, I thought, eh, that's probably not going to last. <laughs> but you can tell. You can tell when somebody talks to you and shares with you their thoughts and feelings about the person they're with. 
that uh, you can tell where they are inside. And it helps them come to their own conclusions, keeping them more open-minded toward you instead of closing their mind and saying, I'm not going to share anything with you because I already know how you feel. So that's just one little suggestion. And as you know, I'm all about keeping an open mind because with an open mind, that's how you step into your power and that's how you create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure and above all. And this is something I absolutely know to be true about you. You are amazing. Amazing.